0: Welcome to another episode of the Tana Talk Soccer Podcast. I am Tana. I know you guys have missed me, but I am back. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Liverpool tried their very best to maintain their 100% record at Anfield. And boy, oh boy, did they. Manchester City were on the brink of a good, good victory against Tottenham Hotspur. A match that they largely dominated in terms of chances created, in terms of almost everything. But Dejan Kulicevski said No and Came up with a dying mini header to draw that one 3 3. We saw Arsenal win semi comfortably at Wolves. Uh, Manchester United is not looking good, they lost the battles of the United as Newcastle beat them extremely convincingly. Like that's one of the most convincing 1 0s you're ever going to see, honestly. And Chelsea uh, survived the scare to hold on and beat Brighton 3 2 at the bridge. Uh, Chelsea's captain, if I'm not getting this wrong, for a second week running, received a red card. Yeah, Rhys James got his last game week, right? Yeah, and, and Conor Gallagher this week to uh, receive the red card. So, man, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but they held on and won 3-2. Much-needed win for Chelsea. Enzo Fernandez getting two goals there. In the Serie A, you know, this was a very, very important battle for Napoli trying to, like, more establish themselves in the top four and for Inter to go back top of the Serie A following Juventus's win uh, a day before and Inter did the job they showed why they are the best team in the Serie A they defeated Napoli extremely convincingly as for Napoli they didn't do badly in terms of the build-up in terms of getting the ball in the right areas but the final ball was absolutely awful Victor Osimhen didn't even have a chance to have a say in the game at all uh failure or even Elmas like it was very, just in that final third, they just lack that quality ball short, ball too long ball too heavy, ball too high you know, they just lack that pinpoint quality and Inter on the other end it was devastating what they did each time they went forward and it could just that bit of quality, you know, if you see Akan no goal, for example, he sent it right into the bottom corner, like Bowser, you know, so that's the sort of quality that Napoli we're, were missing on the day, and in the La Liga, Real Madrid won convincingly to maintain their position on top of the La Liga, Girona, as well came back to win against Valencia, and Barcelona, in the game of the weekend against Atletico Madrid, won, and who was for sure Felix had to have his say in this one very very fantastic finish i'm going to try my best as possible to do you know what i do i give you football entertainment football entertainment at its finest we're going to run through what is interesting we're going to analyze we're going to have fun so just stay tuned but make sure you do like and subscribe please because that's the way the algorithm knows that this is the bomb because it actually is as i keep urging you guys please do not be selfish do not be you know don't 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 get keep my podcast you know what i'm saying i know some of you get keep your barbers get keep your perfumes uh get keep your i don't know you know what i'm saying but don't get keep my podcast please some of you even get keep music you know what i'm saying like you have been listening to some people and you feel like it's your birthright for only you to be to, to be popping to them uh but don't get, get, get keep my podcast please please like spread the word like share subscribe and Your ratings actually matter. Please rate this podcast. Okay, thank you. Now I'm going to start from the English Premier League. And where else to start than Manchester City versus Tottenham? So Manchester City's uh, last few results against the top sides haven't been what is Manchester City-esque, quote-unquote. You know, uh, Manchester City, what they've done very well in recent years under uh, Josep Guardiola is to get results in... Tough ground, you know, make tough ground seem like they're not tough. Make the big fixtures uh on their home ground seem routine, you know what I'm saying? Know how to get those wins uh there, but this is they haven't done that well, they've only uh managed to be Manchester United, which I would assume is not much of a task at the moment given the way Manchester United are playing right now. And yesterday's game was no different, and they 3-3. Uh, The Manchester City supporters, the Manchester City players, the Manchester City coach, no one affiliated with Manchester City was happy after that. And for different reasons, of course, you look back on the game and the chances that Manchester City were able to create and carve for themselves, the shooting chances especially. And Doku ratted one of the pools. Holland missed like two big chances off head, I can remember. And in the first, like, in the first, what? let me say 30 minutes or something where maybe it was 2-1. I might be wrong but i'm just going off memory city could easily 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 have been 4-1 up you know could easily have been that tottenham of course always happy to write their luck just like any team you know you're very happy that City is missing or something. I'm talking about the other end, you know. The goals they scored were very clinical. But I have to say, you look at the way Manchester City have defended. look at the spaces in defense. You know, I'm sure Pep Guardiola will be thinking, John Stones can't come back soon enough. I'm sure he must be thinking, at this point, Nathan Ake cannot afford to be part of the rotation where I'm playing who I like. Because Justko Guardiola, uh, with all due respect to him, has not been anything to write home about this season. And yeah, it's, it's just a position where I feel... I just like how Haaland will start, just like how uh Rodri will start. I feel just like how Edison will start. I feel Nathan Ake has to start for Manchester City. You know, it's important that his 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 performances since last he's just been so solid for club and country as well. You know, if you look at the way Netherlands have been playing uh with Ake as well, you look at that setup and you can argue he's been their best defender. Sometimes even say their best player just based on how consistent he is with his performances. So moving on from Nathan Ake, the first goal Manchester City considered was very, very poor from a City perspective. So many errors along the way. I'll start with Jeremy Doku, who has been on everyone's lips because he's so electric, so brilliant, so accelerating. He's just, now you see me, now you don't kind of player. He was, however, tasked to do something else, which was defend. And he was in a position to defend on the counter, which he had covered. The ball was in his possession, but... He could have played it back to his goalkeeper straight, you know, situation avoided. Uh, he could have just turned into infield more on the left side, but he was just trying to bide his time and maybe after a second or two do a shimmy and move away to his right side so and keep moving. I know what he wanted to do because, yeah, I don't need to say this again, but I play football. Needless to say, it was a very very silly risk because there was just so many options there. Like, and you're and you're biding your time with the ball, you're trying to hold onto the ball in a situation where if you lose the ball it's a clear path to go for the opposition player who is just by on your tail by the way and you're trying to make sure you retain that but when you don't have to when you don't have to when you can pass the ball like and this is this that right there's against my footballing philosophy against tanner's footballing philosophy which is i don't feel dribbles are exactly necessary and dribbles are only necessary when they're necessary you know what i'm saying when it's needed but if you can, for example, pass and move instead of dribble, then do it. If you need to dribble to be able to pass and then move, then okay, dribble. You get what you get. What I'm saying, but the point is that passing the ball into another space where you can move and then get it is way more effective. It's way more uh, efficient. It's, you get what I'm saying. It's just a better option to do it. Pass and move. You also save energy. So pass and move. Pass and move. Pass and move now if you need to dribble before you can give that pass like you see the vision you know that i need to beat this player then that pass will be option oh i'm open sorry do it but if you have a pass right in front of you especially in your defensive third why are you dribbling when you have a, like play it safe there's this thing we say in nigerian football like on the street like it's better safe than sorry safe play home play home play home you understand like we're just trying to say like bro like you know if if the ball just put it out you know what i'm saying even though you're a team that's trying to maybe keep possession you're trying to hold on to the ball like your captain is not going to be matter you. you know what's going to be matter because everyone knows that you're playing is safe you understand what i'm saying it's better safe than sorry like you understand like just put it out or like i'm even saying that's worst case scenario in this case you have a goalkeeper that's right there who by the way is a better ball player than <laughs> most people in the world including professional footballers a ball striker uh yeah so just give it to him you know and son nicked it from him and went and went and shot now son's shots the finish he watches that back he'll be happy he went in he would not be proud of that finish because he was trying to cut it across into the far corner but he didn't get that Instead, he played straight at edison who lets his go under him abismo from edison as well and uh yeah that was it you know but i mean son decided to repay the favor uh Just I don't know if it was up to a minute after that or in and around that, you know. Manchester City and Ederson had so graciously gifted him a goal, his tenth Premier League goal of the season, by the way. Zero pens. Not like pens are bad, but it's just putting into perspective how much he's been scoring. Good season with a hurricane, you know. And he decided to, you know, repay the favor and he scored an own goal. Dangerous cross came in. Actually, from the right flag, Manchester City's right flag. And uh, Son saw in, 1-1. And at this point here, yeah, Manchester City went to score a second, you know, Foden scored. It was just a lot of... How do I say this? A lot of chances for Manchester City. Chances kept coming, 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 coming. And, you know, but Tottenham Hotspur, they were just so clinical. And I think Tottenham Hotspur against Manchester City are quite clinical team. I don't know if it's just me or you guys have noticed this all because they've they've, they've certainly gotten results against Man City. If you look at teams that have gotten results against Man City in recent years, of course you have Liverpool and Man City who have had their battles uh, both in the Champions League, both in the Premier League. But just like Tottenham Hotspur Tot- 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 Tot as well, you know, they've gotten results and I-, I don't remember a time where, let's say Tottenham per se, created more than Manchester City ball. Damn, it just becomes so clinical. And I love it. I love it because, you know, in recent years, Manchester City, of course, have been Liverpool's rivals. So, and Tottenham, not so much, not really, you know I'm saying? So, but often than not, I'm needing Manchester City to drop points. So, I've loved every bit of it, but it's always so funny to see how, like, this player step up when it comes to Manchester City. You know, they're clinical. And Los Lo finish, my goodness, me, it was so beautiful. Sun made a run inside and Los also was meant to slip him in was meant to to be honest and some would have had a 1v1 uh but also decided to ignore him cut more to his left side and just curl into that far corner. Edison got a hand away but wasn't he didn't get enough on it to be able to push it out of play and just like he just tips it under to the post and it went in 2-2 and Manchester City once again scored this time Jack Grealish and this time again reminiscent of the first goal where Tottenham was supposed to go, where Doku was being silly. Yves Busuma was being very, very silly. He had two passes to his left. He could have moved with the ball. He could have moved with the ball. So there was a clear path. He had a clear path to just move with the ball towards the left-hand side, like near the byline there. Because the, the, the City players were to his right. So he had a clear path to drive the ball or pass the ball. Guess what this brother did? no 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 I, I know you saw it but i'm not trying to be dramatic guess what this brother did he dragged it back into the danger area at that point you just trying to your show like football is simple try to keep it simple try to keep it simple if necessary if necessary just keep it simple and keeping it simple doesn't mean not trivial or anything no you, you can't do but it's like why are you going back into the danger area? It's just not smart football. It's just not, sm- especially when he had a clear path. So even if he didn't want to pass the ball and wanted to drive the ball, there was a clear path for him to do that. I don't know, I'm, I'm raising my voice, sorry. But I just I just saw that and I just didn't understand why he would do that. And I think Rodri Nictif often passed it to Haaland. Haaland just squared it into Grealish in the box, finished 3-2 up, you know. Especially when your team are, such an, are in such an expansive position, such a delicate position. As the deep lying midfielder, you should not be doing it. it. Was so unnecessary, and you saw his reaction after it. He was just like his hand on his head. It was just like he did was his fault. It was it was hundred and fifty five percent his fault. Hundred and fifty five point two five percent his fault. It's insane. And at that point, I felt like okay, this might be it. <laughs> but City are leaking goals, man. They are leaking goals, and. Janko came in with the clutch header it was Mitrovic-esque peel off your defender coming with a full force at the back post in, and yeah the game ended that way on oh, this course shit but once again I am here and I'm about to talk about you know what the referees I'm tired of talking about the referees but I don't know is this like guys let me know what you think is this intentional is this intentional from the Premier League I don't know what to think like I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, th- it's like these guys cannot be this incompetent. Haaland gets fouled and gets up and referee Simon Hooper doesn't blow his whistle and signals with his hand advantage play on. Haaland delivers a pitch perfect through ball over the top for Grealish was making that run from deep in. British was clean through on goal. When I mean clean through I mean clean through. No one in front of him apart from the goalkeeper. And then the very first time when Hooper decides to blow. Like you can tell I'm speechless because I'm not saying anything. It's it's I don't know, like if it's if it's intentional from the Premier League all of this quote unquote rigging then fair, what your plan is working. But if it's not, no way this is acceptable week after week. No way this is acceptable. Like I want City to drop points alright. I want Tottenham to drop points alright because both of them stay this isn't, you know, well, and they're all in and around Liverpool, you know, just one result changes the whole position. If Arsenal lose next to Liverpool win, they go top City win, blah um, blah they go city. Yeah. So each result matters at the moment for this like four or five teams, if you want to include Arsenal Villa. But damn it, damn. I just, I just, that's just so rookie. You allowed advantage. And then you're blowing the when when the ball is not in Tottenham's possession. Not, Tottenham have not recovered that ball. And then you're blowing to bring him. What? Anyway, moving on. Liverpool. Now, to talk about Liverpool, I've talked about Keller because. He seems to have gotten a lot of heat for not being Alison Becker, and I and I tell you that's so unfair. That's so wrong. Uh, Your there's a reason why Alison Becker is the first choice goalkeeper, right? Because he's the best at the club, and arguably the best goalkeeper in the world at that. You know, you have you have so you 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 have to realize that you've been spoiled. If you have the best in the world in a position, or arguably just not to get into any any uh, arguments, but you have a, a player who's arguably the best in the world, and you expect his replacement to be that no you know uh, a good part about a downgrade in certain players positions is that it exposes a lot of things which you would know if you wanted to know and it also puts a lot of responsibilities on other people because there was a lot that we got away with you know with Alisson Becker you can't count the amount of times that Alisson Becker has civil Liverpool you look at Salah on the other end you know doing his things scoring his goals but some some games, or a lot of games, you just see that Liverpool are carved open quite too easily. You see that the opposition can live in that half space between the defensive line and the midfield line way too much. You know what I'm saying? Defenders facing way too much 1v1 situations. The, the other team creating quite a few big chances, or chances and situations in and around, which Alisson smothers and saves. And you know, the result is just always better for Liverpool with Alisson Becker and goal. But that wasn't the case this time. It was not a goal and liverpool were exposed before i go to the liverpool goals i just want to talk about about fulham's goals you know the first goal haru's and through the legs of Kalaha from way 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 close like it was a perfect finish you can also remember like most of who finish this with a lot of time as a left footer you you're running towards the left near post and the ball comes and you just have to get the right contact on it with the rifles and it's going through the keeper's legs like that's that's better butter finish and harry wilson got it right Kalaha has no fault he was just So close. Like, if I tell you guys now to stand with your legs wide open and then just close your legs in, like, you cannot do it in a millisecond. You can't do it. You can't. And from, so so it's just like, sometimes when I see the comments of some people, it just freaks that you've never played football, have you? Or you've played but your understanding of football is just not good enough. Because we're always looking to scapegoat the wrong people sometimes and it's so comical. The defending there, you have to look, why is a player this close? Just like a player being so close and shooting it, right over your head when your arms are spread out wide right as a goalkeeper yes it's straight it's straight like it's, it went over but like the distance do you know the meaning of reaction time with zero reaction time you cannot like if you managed to save that then that's a magnificent save that should not be the expectation you understand you can wish he was able to do that but if he if he's not able to close his leg like in a millisecond you cannot say oh it's his fault no it's not his fault and the second goal was unfortunate as well because of the deflection. The first ball that was coming towards the goal, which he was diving towards, took a deflection. And changed direction. So he was already gone. And then fell to Tete, Who poked it in? And he and his body was already in an awkward position. I'm demonstrating right now, but of course you can see me like he's already towards the right on the floor. And the deflection takes the ball to the other side, so his body is in an awkward position. He looks really awkward, and Tete plays the ball there, and he tries to get a leg to it, and it just looks so—it looks so weird, you know. And people are just blaming him for that ball. Come on now, come on! You go for a first ball, it takes a deflection, and then like, it's just—it's just bad defending. We're not winning first balls, we're not winning second balls, and that is just against everything you want. Again, I remember against uh, four years ago against Swansea. Uh, or five, sorry, not four years ago, five years ago against Moseley. and this was exactly the same thing. Club said, you know, you know, if if you cannot win the first balls, if you cannot win the second balls, I don't see you. I don't see you winning a football game. It's that simple because you can simplify the game of football down to these duels and things like that. And we're not doing that. And you just want to blame Kaleha because he looked awkward or what he passed through his legs or whatever. No, they're talking about point blank range. Like these shots from these players are from point blank range. Point blank range. Quite blank range, you know, and of course, the third they could overread Bobby Reid. I love that player by the way, you know, in the back post for a header, you know, got up, not really challenged. I headed it down inside. Like, I'm not coming out of that game thinking, Keller, I'm coming out thinking, what was that defending? Now, on the other end, uh, Liverpool just got bangers, you know, it's 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 a game where if they didn't go three to down, they probably wouldn't have won, you know. So them going through to down, of course, woke them up And that sense of responsibility, urgency, got them the, the goals, and which is good for them. But overall, was not good enough. Also, if you look at like chances created, Liverpool created quite a, a few big chances. And now down to my next conversation, Darwin Nunes. Darwin, of course, can be vital to everything Liverpool is doing. He runs, he works hard offensively, defensively, and also if you look at those goals, Liverpool scored rather. He still had. He had his name all over it and you look at that and you're like damn that's, that is good but you're finding it difficult to kind of talk about you know it's kind of like know how to rate him because you look at how much he contributed to those two goals right at the end which won us the game but you also feel like damn this guy could have done better you know his touches were not exactly good and that's something that like he looked to have improved on from last season where this is his hold on play his hold on play his general play looked good like quite cute he was holding up the ball really well and, and laying it off and just playing off his teammates quite well you know, holding on to the ball well. Uh, he didn't do that yesterday or whenever you listen to this. He didn't do that against Fulham at all. So it was loose and he missed some chances. Like, Mo Salah like <laughs> like, could easily be getting like two or three assists. And I like, gave, you know, if not for Darwin Nunes. And he missed those chances. And, you know, there's this discussion that goes on on social media, you know, when, like, Nunes fans feel like, oh, Helen misses two, no one talks about it, blah, 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 blah. It misses a miss that's all right and the chances that Nunez misses Haaland has missed similar chances so has almost every forward cool now the difference is the amount they score now I will teach you something in case you didn't know on how to kind of like evaluate big chances missed a striker more often than not the best strikers in the league will miss the most goals right that's for sure but they also score the most and this is the problem with Nunez where he's not scoring the most goals He's not he's not one of the top scorers. But he's one of the he he's one of the top misses and that's a problem. If you wanna let me just give you an this season Haland has been way less prolific than he was in other seasons of his career as well. But Haland has what? He has fourteen Premier League goals, fifteen big chances missed. That's not very good by his standard, you know what I'm saying? it's neck and neck you know it, I would let the season play out you know what I'm saying I would let the season play out of course and at the end of the season you see why he's a top scorer because he absolutely obliterates his big chances missed. if you want to take for example Mohamed Salah right he has 6 big chances missed but 10 goals now you look at this and this is healthy like he can miss a chance which is unfortunate because he missed the chances well yesterday when we needed to equalize? so a, a big chance miss is always unfortunate unless you're I don't know 7-0 up or whatever and the game is over but it's always unfortunate, you need him to score, so it can never be good to, to miss a goal. But it's like, then you can, you don't need to talk about this for certain players, because it's like, Salah has scored 10 goals, missed 6 big chances. Nunes has missed 13 big chances and scored 4 goals. Now, do you understand the problem? So you cannot be bringing Haaland into, when Haaland misses a chance, you clip up these videos and try to compare it to down with Nunez. Yes, that's a big chance, miss. Yes, that's horrendous. Equally has horrendous has Darwin Nunes his big chance missed. This is exactly where context comes into play, and if you know football, this is how you interpret the statistics. Because if you look at, for example, the Bundesliga when Lewandowski is obliterating the records and all those things, you also see his name and maybe one or two, and the big chance is missed and the in the league. You know he's right there, or Cristiano Ronaldo, or anyone. It's normal because. They're top strikers because of that movement, you know. They have that movement, and that's the part of being a top striker. And Darwin Nunes has unlocked, but a lot he doesn't, and I don't know why we want to be want to take that and just like be like, he is a work in progress. I'm not here to slander him, like oh he's not going to be in. No, he could, he could. Well, he could as as well not be. I don't know. It's just something I have to watch out for. Like I I like a lot that he does. I like a lot that he brings to the game, of course. But it's like the one thing in Darwin Nunes's game currently. That is, that top strikers have, of course, is the movement. You know, he has the movement of a top, top striker. You know, uh, that's what you see with likes of Haddad, Cavani, Ronaldo, Suarez, whatever, you know, that movement. And that's why they get on the end of a lot of chances. But you are a striker for a reason, not to get on the end of chances alone, but to score them. You have to score them. Because where then is the advantage of playing? You get me? If you play someone who doesn't, for example, move well enough, as to get at the end of as many chances as you do. But it's more clinical and maybe we'll score more than you. Like, Do you understand the point? So you have to give an advantage. we like, okay, yeah, you're going to miss some ball. A lot of things are going to be your bread and butter. With We don't have that confidence in him. We don't have that confidence in him. You see him with a chance. You don't know that he's going to score. That's not good enough. When you miss, we have to be surprised. You have to be scoring more than you miss. And as I've given the example with Mo Salah, for example, where he also missed it. He played a well yesterday, right? But he also missed a big chance to equalize towards the end. And thankfully, that wasn't costly, you know. But I'm just giving you perspective on big chances missed. Now, we go into the La Liga. <laughs> sure, Felix had to say against his former team. Let's go Madrid. This is Barcelona stay third in the La Liga. Girona very impressive comeback against valencia and i don't know where this is going to go for um, for for gerona this is going to be like in newcastle so far so good so far so good i have to say once again robert Lewandowski is of course in the headlines for you know not scoring and probably missing a chance or two but i just feel he has to keep playing because there's this thing that we kind of do where we're quick to call players washed at a certain age I'm not a fan of that i feel like when will come good for barcelona and just need to keep going with him you know he leaks up play quite well as well you know the one-touch football and everything joe felix went what 12 games without scoring now scored in back-to-back games so that's good for barcelona the title race is well and truly on but real madrid and carl Ancelotti's men honestly honestly look to be the truth decision. and to briefly touch on this area as i mentioned before earlier. It just wasn't good enough for Napoli. They did everything well in build up but it just wasn't good enough. You know, the goals from Turam for Akanchanolu and for nicolo Barella. Like everything was all about like most of them, okay, apart from the first goal where Akanchanolu just absolutely right it into the bottom corner from outside the box. Uh you saw a lot of runs into the box which the Napoli players didn't effectively track which cost them, you know, you saw the Barella go he cut back into the box and he took the one step, two step, dribble past two players and slot in easily. You know what I'm saying? Everyone was kind of like in his wake. You know when you're when you're moving at a speed, and it's like everyone around you slowed down. It's like you're Flash. You know, I don't watch Flash, but you know you see the the animations and and, and the VFX where like you're moving and everyone around is in slow motion because like you're so you're, you're just that step ahead of them. So you you've got them frozen. That's exactly what happened there. And of course, Cuadrado for my Juventus man coming on, whipping a fantastic ball across the box. I think he was shooting by the way, but it's Cuadrado. It doesn't matter you know you just do that you know and it just forced to throw perfectly arriving in that six yard area so not even the 18 the six yard area for an easy tap in jose radio and a.s roma are also fighting their way back into the top four in case you didn't know uh they were a bit off but now they are coming they are coming 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 now this is another Serie a victory i will say roma have been quote-unquote lucky not lucky but like they, <laughs> their position always seem to have a uh, red card so Roma now are into fourth in the table you know they've just overtaken Napoli on goal difference Napoli and Roma both have 24 points Fiorentina just below them in sixth with 23 points Bologna just below them in 22 Atalanta just below them in 20. So it's kind of tough in this area as well. You know, if you look at the top two, Juventus and Inter, two points separate them, just like in the Premier League with uh, Arsenal and Liverpool. I uh, you know the top three, six points separate them. So it's kind of neck and neck there. But the duo of Paulo de of Romero Lukaku, these guys are coming up with a good Leandro Paredes, Christian De Spinantola, Bove, catched up it's It's, I think. They just have to keep going airstromer. It's not been as I said it's been a bit it's been a bit here and there for them because they're not particularly playing well quote unquote but they've been getting results and they've also been getting the lock of red cards, so it's just to keep going. When you have people like the Bala and Lukaku up front, they can always link or play for you well win them penalties, link up players. I said it's very important between those two and just play off each other and just, you know, score routine finishes. They're both left-footed players. So, yeah, they always have that routine finish into the far uh, far left corner in their back. And, yeah, that's it from me. Of course, the major talking point, the Harden versus Nunez debates, which I just put to sleep. And, of course, the the, the Liverpool and the Kelleha situation here and also the Nathan situation. Yeah. Anyway, that is a roundup of this weekend, some brightest actions from the man himself with Tana Alexander-Oroche, also known as Tana. Please do not forget to rate this podcast. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely week. And hopefully see you next week. And hopefully next week, I did not talk about refereeing drama at all. I kept it to a minimum this week, but because I was out of words. It's just that pathetic. That I was out of words. Anyway, do have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Being number one, Tana talks like a-